for you all. Bill said, give, give them a message that would be encouraging. Um, but this, this message is very different. I'm going to push you into believing the things that you just told us you sang about. So let's pray for just a minute. Father, we just thank you so much for, uh, Lord, your goodness and your greatness. Lord, for how you reveal yourself to us little by little. How you call us to walk with you more and more and in deeper and deeper places. And so, Lord, I pray that as we look at your word this morning, that you would help us more and more to believe in the things that you've said. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys talked a lot about believing this morning, and so that's the push. The commission today is to push you into deeper places of belief and faith. And so we're going to be looking at, obviously, one of your favorite books, John, since you just sang about it so much. So thanks for uh, the great introduction there. Um, I want to just start out because of the people that normally come here. Uh, to tie my last message into where we're going today. And we looked at Psalm 27 uh, then, and we looked at this one particular verse that talked about the great desire of King David. And so let me read that verse to you. In verse 4, this is what it says. It says, One thing I have asked from the Lord, and that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, all the days of my life and that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to meditate or inquire in his temple how many of us have a heart for that we long to, to dwell in the house of the Lord and to gaze upon his beauty you know we look at the beauty uh, everybody thinks they have things that are beautiful but whether it's a sunset or whatever it is that's beautiful to you that is just an expression of who God really is it's a pathway to really actually come to see his beauty not just the beauty of his creation or whatever that thing is um, we ended this, the message with another couple of verses out of Psalm 90 which was a prayer that Moses prayed um, and so what we have here is we have the desire of David, man after God's own heart, and the prayer of Mo Moses, which he is the man of God. So I would think what those two guys have to, to long for and to pray about are things that we could probably pattern our own life by. So two of the things that Moses prayed was this. Teach us to number our days so that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. It's the first thing. To number our days. I think for most of us, even when you get to be uh, almost petrified like me, um, we always think, well, there's more time. You know, those things that I want to get around to, I'm going to get around to them eventually. But God's heart is that we would be on task with him every day. And that's a hard thing sometimes to, to get in the habit of doing. But he wants us to, to number our days and to show that we've had a heart of wisdom in doing that. Now, you people in the back, back there, that have got a lot, lot longer to live, hopefully, 
50, 60, 70, some of you probably 80 more years. What are you worried about things that are going to happen decades down the road from where you are now? Well, what you do today and what you do tomorrow will prove if you have a heart of wisdom when you get there. Um, the last thing that Moses said in this particular prayer is this. Let our work, let your work, let God your work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children. Now, most of us parents pray that for our kids, right? That they would see the beauty of God. But I'm telling you, really our heart's desire is to see the next generation. See the majesty of God. And that that's what propel you to live for him and work for him. So, what I want to talk about a little bit is that this last thing, as, as he goes on, he has one more thing that he says. May the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. A nice prayer. And that you would confirm for us the work of our hands and then he says that again exactly the same thing yes confirm the work of our hands how many of us want the things that we set our hearts and hands to do to last to be of importance basically to make your life make a difference in the world we all want that we want to be able to look back and think wow we've made a difference we really want to be successful. So what I want to do this morning is to try to tie this word success and belief together. So uh, I know for us adults, we're a lot confused now about what words really mean. If you watch the news, it's kind of hard to know what a word really means. So we're going to define those two words. Success means accomplishing an aim or purpose. So whatever you set out to do, you want to accomplish it. You don't want to fail at it, do you? You want to accomplish it. And belief is a trust or faith or confidence in someone or something. Now, I would add that it's action that follows that, that proves that you have, that's what you actually believe. And so what we really want is just what Acts says about King David. It says, once he had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep or he, he died. So how many of us want to serve God's purpose? You believe in God, just adults are raising their hands. Hey, there you go. <laughs> we want to serve God's purpose. You want to look back and say, I served God's purpose for me in my life. Well, this is not scriptural, but Stephen Covey, a long time ago, wrote the seven habits for highly successful people. And the second one of those is to begin with the end in mind. In other words, if you're going to aim for something, you need to know what really counts at, at the end, what really, really counts in your life. Does that make sense? Would you look like 80 years down the road, you young people, 50 years down the road and say, 
it really makes sense that this is what I'd be about if I'm going to be successful. Does that make sense? Not even by no, nobody's even shaking their head no or yes. How about this way? All right, so let's, let's move on to this particular chapter in John that we're going to talk about. John 14, if you want to look it up on your screen or in your Bible. I guess screens are, are they permitted in Crossway? Wow, you have blacks. It's a lot easier than it used to be. <laughs> Open up your screens, no texting to each other, no looking at anything else. John 14, that's where we're going, okay? We're just gonna read through about half of the chapter um, because of time. Uh, and I'm going to comment just a little bit about some things, but I'm going to ask you some questions. So, I don't know about you, but these are kind of confusing times. If you're an adult, you're confused about things as you watch the news. If you're 10 years old or 15 years old, you're kind of confused about what's going on in your age group, I'm sure. So, um, the disciples were the same way at that last supper. Jesus had said some interesting things. And so he's getting ready to give what's called his last discourse, which is about three or four chapters long. And so he knows what he's getting ready to tell these people. And he starts out with some great advice. And it's, it's advice that you and I uh, need to listen to ourselves. And so. Let's look at the first part of John 14. It starts out this way. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do we need to hear that today and tomorrow? Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it was not true, I would have told you. And I go away to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. Do you believe that? you got to believe part of it, because he's already gone away. Right? He, re he was resurrected, and he sits at the right hand of God. Do you believe he's coming back? Do you believe he has a place for you? Yes. I just challenge you this morning to set your heart and mind to act like that's true. Because it is. You have to believe it. Jesus Christ is coming back for you. And he has a place for you in his kingdom. Just like he has things for you to do now in his kingdom. You know, Charles Spurgeon said that there are, the word believe is 83 times in the book of John, four times more than any other gospel. John even writes at the end of it, he's written all these things that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ. So hang on to that book because that's the challenge for us all, isn't it? To believe. 
Jesus continues. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And then probably one of the most familiar scriptures in the Bible. Does anybody know what it is? Does anybody back there with a blue shirt on know what it is? There you go. You want to go ahead and tell me just the gist of it? Yeah. That's what he said. Tommy, I'm the way. Don't, don't be discouraged here. Don't be unbelieving. I'm the way. I'm the way to the Father. I'm the truth. Believe the things I say. And I am the life. If you want real life, not pretend life, believe me. Well, you know, we just keep going. So far, does everybody with me? Does everybody believe what we what we read out of the Bible, what Jesus said? Do you believe that so far? Well, good, because we're going to get to the harder stuff to believe in just a minute. Jesus continues. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you know him and have seen him. Well, another disciple pipes up. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough. It's enough. Just let us see him. How many of you would like to see the Father? Not right now. <laughs> We're not made pure enough to see the Father right now. But we'd like to know a little bit more about him, wouldn't we? Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long a time, and yet you have not come to know me? The one who has, been, has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I don't speak but on my own, but the Father, as he remains in me, does his works. Believe me, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe my works. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the picture we have of Jesus is God's picture of himself? Does that give you reason to read the Gospels, to read about his life, to study it, what this man did on earth, how he responded to people? It does, doesn't it? He said the next thing. So stay with me here. Because I want you to set your heart and your mind to believe what Jesus says. Truly, truly. Now that's like, you know, if you're telling somebody something and it's like, I'm not sure they believe me. And you say, really, really? This is really true. I know it's hard to believe it is, but it is. So we say, really, really. Um, Seriously. Thank you. I don't know all the new words. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whenever you ask in my name, this I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything, I will do it. Okay, let's all raise our hand who believe all of that. The greater works you're going to do than Jesus. Anything you ask, he's going to do it. So are you walking in that? I'm not. That's why I'm talking about this. I read this very familiar John 14 about two months ago, and I just was like, oh, wow, am I a Christian? <laughs> I'm not doing those things. Oh, this must have, let me look at it closer, because this is probably just for the disciples. And then it says, he who believes. Well, I believe. I think I believe. I'm not sure now. <laughs> but greater works will I do than Jesus did. Well, I've been meditating on this and thinking about this for a while. And let me tell you, so I'll, you start to look up these things. There are volumes written, written on these two verses. Um, and I don't have all the answers this morning. But I'm gonna, we're going to look at it a little bit. And my heart for us all, but especially for you, the blue man group back there, is to push you into believing and, and walking and living in this way, way earlier in your life than some of the rest of us have. Does that make sense? You will be successful if you can do these two things right here. So, what are the greater works? Who's going to do greater works than Jesus? Were they miracles? Of course he did miracles. So, are we going to do miracles? We who believe should be doing miracles. Well, I've thought about this, and thank goodness for other wiser men that I can read and see what they have to say. And there's this blessed man, his name is Ray Stedman, that I, I love to read his sermons. He's, he's dead now, but uh, a good man, a wise man, a studied man. And um, this, is, this is kind of what Ray said. Not that I knew him on a personal basis, but to let us all know he's a fellow comrade, a fellow believer with us. Let me find it. Here's his quote. Okay. The only answer that makes sense at all is that they are greater in significance and importance. And here's, here's how. They are spiritual accomplishments rather than physical. All the miracles tended to be physical things. Things against nature are healing somebody that later on died. So anything done to the spirit of a person 
is far more significant than something done to the body. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. I'm kind of relieved a little bit about it too. So, um, Jesus' works proved that what he said was true. But what his heart was is that we would listen to him. Just like that's what God has always wanted his people to do. Listen to him. But if you can't listen to just the words and believe him, then otherwise believe the works. That's how God validated him and what he was about. You know, one of the first things Jesus spoke about was in Matthew it says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, change your mind about the kingdom and what the kingdom is. And Jesus spent the rest of his time here, other than, than, than the crucifixion, trying to explain what that looked like to people. Um, he tried to talk about a new way, the way of faith to live, rather than by, by a bunch of laws. It's interesting though, you know, the way of faith causes us to love Christ, and then because we love him, we won't obey the laws, but we're not held under them. It's an interesting thing to, to work through. So what do our works look like? All the things that Jesus taught, all the things that he did, was to point people to the Father. And so our works should reflect the same thing. Our words, our behavior, those things that the Bible says have already been created beforehand. Before you came to faith, God already has in store for you and me works to walk in. And those works are works that will point other people to the Father through Christ by faith. And so that's what our works are like. Now that's just, I'm just brushing the top of it. There's a lot of theology behind it that I'm still yet to read, but believe that your greater works are not necessarily fabulous flashing things that ought to be on TV or all the other social media things that I don't even know what they are anymore. But it's the way you live your life. It's the things you cho you choose to say. Because the Bible says, and Jesus says this about himself, I only do the things I see my Father doing. I only speak the words my Father gives me to speak. Now, we don't do that all the time, do we? But that's God's hope for us as we continue to walk with him is that whatever we see the Father doing, we join him in that work. We speak words that will point people in faith to the Father. Those are the greater works uh, in some measure for you and I. And you know what? Better to start early than late because that will show that you have a heart of wisdom when you get to the end of your life and people look around and say, he chose wisely. 
each one requires more. Now, how about this other sentence that, if that's not enough to swallow, Jesus doesn't even stop. He says, whenever you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Ask me anything, and I will do it. Well, you know, as I thought about this, it was interesting to think about Jesus' time for three years with the disciples. We have no record of him having a seminar or teaching on how to preach. But they watched him pray and they said, teach us to pray. And so we all need to learn to pray and to pray believing. It's really the beginning of anything that's fruitful. Anything, when I say fruitful, I mean something that will last because what you want your life to have is permanence. You want it to make a difference, as we talked about earlier. So, what do we do here about this prayer? Anything we ask, so anything? Well, my car's getting kind of old. So, anything? No, it's not just anything. And you know, it says, he says, ask in his name. Now, Carla has reminded our church that in his name is that's the that's the key in his name so if you'll just say that at the end of your prayer or really you want to start at the beginning with in his name you could but we all know that it's not just a magic phrase that you tack on the end of your prayer in his name means that you are abiding in him that you're asking something that's perfectly in line with what his heart is. Something that will glorify the Father, not you and me. These are some of the conditions that are around asking in his name. You are asking as an ambassador something that's in his heart to do to bring people closer to the Father. Does that make sense? It kind of changes Maybe the desires that we, we all need our desires more um, aligned with this, this mission that God has given us. You know, Bill said we we're going to have a, a, a commission later. That's what we're all on, is a commission, a joint mission with God. That's what co means. You're with somebody else to do something. And so I think what we have to realize here is that um, it takes time inquiring in the temple, spending time with God, gazing upon Him, learning what His thoughts are. And I just encourage you, you can't, you can't spend too much time thinking about God, gazing at His beauty, and asking Him, what's next? What's next for me? What's next for my crossway team what's next for my church what's your heart for my school these are the kind of things that that he is delighted to answer those questions for you to to come alongside him in prayer and see it happen and what does jesus say he says anything you ask i will do it so who's going to do it He's going to do it. And that's what we all need to remember. It's like 
he is working with us we get the we get the privilege of working alongside him and watching him do this thing but he uses us as a vessel for that and these are these are things that well it's taking a, lot, a lifetime for me to begin to walk in and, and really believe uh, what Jesus is really saying is do I really believe what you're saying here greater works I can do show me what they are ask anything help help me to learn to align my prayer with what's on your heart and then later on he does throw this in there that if we love him we should obey him simple thing um, but we have to keep our ears turned to the next thing the next thing that he asked us to do and he ends this whole thing this first half of this with with a reminder in verse 27 don't let your hearts be troubled neither let it be fearful you can step out just like you guys have sung and acted out this morning for us you can step out in the thing God calls you to do don't be fearful step out there and he will not leave you you believe in God believe also in him I'm going to say this one more time truly truly I say to you the one who believes in God the works that I do he will also do and greater works he will do because Jesus has gone to the Father and, and why he sent us a helper he sent the Holy Spirit to give us the power and the faith to do what he's called us to do and whatever you ask in his name he will do it that the Father might be glorified let's pray Lord let us be like that poor man that stood before you and said I believe help me in my unbelief help me begin to walk out in the things that you say are for me the promises that you make for us or that we might walk with you Lord you've called us to walk before you but you've also called us to walk with you and I pray Father that we we are more and more able to do that as we believe in you as we trust in you as we take that step that next step you call us to in Jesus name Amen.